It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Friday, Clipper Nation. We made it, guys. We did it. Another week in the in the books. I don't know where weeks the go. no basketball books is where <laughs> these weeks go directly. We well, yeah, we are marching forward to the start of the season. Until then, we've got you covered. Clippers news oh, five yeah. days a week. Locked on Clips. I'm William. The opinion update. And I am positive Chuck Mockler. And it's a great show today. We got we got some good stuff. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna kick things off with our soppy boy of the week. We this is a this is a segment from olden times. Back our, in the our old our first podcast, yeah, which was on, available on phonograph. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we're we're gonna be talking about who was the wettest Clipper, really. This, yeah, who had the week. best week? Yeah. Uh, and then we've we every single Friday we rank the Pacific Division. Uh, since no games are being played, we we get a little creative with it. Uh, today we got a good one from Chuck, which is second chance points in the Pacific Division. I like it. That guy's Landry Shamit critique had me thinking about it. You're still thinking board and Shamit. Yes, board exactly. man Shamit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. All right, and then every single Friday we do a love Mary kill. Oh yeah, and we got a doozy for you today. It's charitable. It's funny. You're gonna love it. It's a good so time. Stay tuned for all that and more. But first, Charles, tell people about their underwear. All right, your underwear, according to Mac Weldon, is not good. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON, all capital letters, one word. So welcome to Soppy Boy of the Week. Hey, it's wet. Whoosh. That's a splash. <laughs> this is either going to be, you know, whoever had the best shooting week, whoever had the best charitable week, just a good week in general. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's totally flexible. The criteria is only decided by us. Let's, uh, do you want to do yours first or mine first? Yours has much more hard stats, which I prefer. All right, I'll do mine first. Yeah, this is a good one. So my sloppy boy of the week. Who are you giving it to? Uh, happiest guy. What appeared to be, if you're oh, gauging man. happiness from a picture, happiest guy on the fishing trip. Oh, yeah. Uh, new father. Yes. Great looking beard. I don't know if he's using oils or something in the off season. The beard's looking good. Mm-hmm. My sloppy boy of the week is Jermichael Green. That's not a bad choice. You could have done that for a lot of weeks during the season. For sure. Um, he had like a historic shooting 
uh, season last year. Yeah, we were looking at these numbers yesterday, and in the playoffs, it it, was, it just became absurd. Oh yeah, it blew my mind. He he had multiple games uh, during the regular season where he would go like eight of nine, uh, <laughs> throwing he, like six boards, <laughs> ex- in, like incredibly efficient. But in the playoffs last year, he uh, shot fifty four percent from the field overall, including fifty two percent from three. Damn. Uh, and that's on about that, that's on around seven attempts a game total field goals not just from three got it but over half of those attempts were from three of course uh that's how we used him probably use him that way again this year i hope so uh, it looked damn good <laughs> against those warriors uh so <clears throat> he's a career 37 percent shooter so like not bad what do you what happened when he came to the clips because even during the regular season he was shooting 41 ish percent yeah for the clippers yeah for the clippers he shot a little over 41 percent um, I don't know. It's kind of baffling <laughs> because his attempts were higher with the Clippers than it's ever been before by about 56% to his wow. next closest year, uh, which is significant. Yeah, no, that, that's a, usually sometimes we're victims of small sample size, but that's a, I mean, your whole career and then in 23 games that go on at 56% is quite an exponential increase it is yeah so i guess my my one question or my reservation my qualm mm-hmm. can we expect this moving forward i think we can expect yes i think we can expect the same efficiency i would be inclined to agree he's uh if you listen to the podcast you know i'm a harper on free throw percentage yes. as well that's one he of does, your bugaboos he's career right around 80 percent his actual career total is like 77, but, you know, he has a couple bad seasons. Most years are right around 80. Okay. So I would say, yeah, I think it's sustainable, man. I, you, I think that, that, like, there's, I think he's going to get even more space. Like, I think that he might have even wide opener looks. Wide, I like that, wide opener looks. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's that thing of when you add Paul George and Kawhi, you know, rising tide helps all ships. It's He's going to have more spacing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> he's going to uh, have more spacing. I am i don't think he's going to get to that 52% from three mark that he got to in the playoffs. Not not for a whole season. <laughs> no, not no. for a whole season. No. But I think during the regular season, we can see that 40% from three, probably right around the same amount of attempts. I yeah. don't want it to be, you know, five plus. That would maybe get into... I think five he's good for. I think four. I think four or five attempts from three per game right. is good. I think five might be tipping it a little much, just think, in terms of inside presence. If he's going to be running the five on the second unit or something like that, or like a big four. I think if he's going to be starting, uh, yeah. which is how I have my starting lineup, uh, which we've That's talked. Fair. A lot of people have been talking about it on Twitter. There's some interesting ones out there. Um, I think he's going to stay around five attempts from three per game. So, and I still think, yeah, he's going to be sinking easy 40% of those. Easy 40%. I mean, he's going to sink 40%. <laughs> Could he go 50-40-90, you think? No. All right, that's fair. <laughs> I do not think that. I think he's great. I don't think he's that great. I see you have a note on here, defense with a question mark. Yeah, so I guess, you know, he's soppy enough as is. Oh, yeah. But if he wanted to get even soppier, mm-hmm. could he take a jump in rebounding? That seems to be on everyone's mind for every player lately. Uh, it does, but I mean, Jamichael Green, by the eye test, great rebounder. He's always in the right place. <laughs> He's really, like, positionally, he he gets in the right spot. He averaged, I think, around six with us last year. Uh, but he averaged about eight and a half two seasons ago, and then around Damn. the seven numbers, and it kind of took a dip. 
Do you think we could see him back at that eight rebounds per game number? I don't think he needs to get back to that number. I think on those other teams he was on that there was a need for that rebounding. Mm-hmm. And with us, with how we're using him, which based on all the numbers seems to be exactly how seems you're to be supposed optimal. to. Yeah, it seems to be how you're exactly supposed to use Jermichael Green specifically. I don't think they need to get better. That's I, fair. I think this isn't a you know Landry Shamit situation, but I just it'll depend on how the center rotation looks. Like it's shaking out during the regular season, I think. Yeah, but I don't think we need him to be crashing the boards too much. I don't know. I'm kind of gritting my teeth as I think it because one of the big issues last year was rebounding. The rebounding, I don't know. I don't think he needs to put too big of a focus on that. I would like to see him maybe shore up some of his small ball defense. Not that it's a true detriment, but it is something that if we are going to run that small ball lineup, it would be nice to get shored up a little bit. Yes. Do you think he's going to increase his rebounding? I think it's possible. I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you that I don't really think that it's necessary. Yeah. Um especially if Kawhi and Paul George are both on the floor. And Beverly is a weird board soaker. Yeah, man. Um, when Jermichael gets those, he gets what I feel like you can say are goofy rebounds in a good way, an odd bounce or something like that. Anytime there's kind of a loose-ish ball, Jermichael always seems to He's end, on it. He's a he, hustle guy. He seems to end up there. He just has that kind of sense of be it – anticipation or just overall really great basketball intelligence of where to be when the ball's out. Absolutely. And th- that's what I meant by the eye test. It's like when you watch him, it's like it, this is a guy who seems like he's, you know, pretty good on defense. Yeah. He knows what to do. Yeah. It seems like. I mean, we saw it. We we had to go small when Zoo was not cutting it in the playoffs. And we were, you know, we hung with the Warriors. Really good. <laughs> like, so I'm into that. Yeah. But I do think, just one last thing on the rebounding, oh, yeah. and then we can move on to your soppy boy. Uh, I think if he can get back to that eight number, I don't see any reason why the Clippers... I mean, I already kind of don't, but this is just extra insurance. I don't see any reason why the Clippers shouldn't be top five in defensive rebounding next season. I hope so. What were we last year? Uh, we could not have been close to top five. Let me because we me were somehow. I remember there was a couple times when we would look up the rebounds and we were somehow like tenth in the league, and everyone watching the games was baffled by that. We were eighth in the league in defensive rebounding last year. Okay, what was um, the s- disparity between top five and us? Uh, five boards per game. Ooh, yeah. So one per guy on the starting lineup, more per game. Yeah, I think maybe. Man, you have no confidence in this. Not in the rebounding. I'm just not worried about it for some reason. <laughs> I think defensive rebounding is huge. Defensive rebounding is huge. I think that's championship stuff. I think we're... It's yet to be seen with Zoo's improvement. I think we're in the fine because we are so much better at other things category when it comes to rebounding. Yeah, I'll buy that. Not like set or good, but fine. I'll buy that. Right? Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, All right, so who's your And I don't mean to disparage rebounds. They're very important. But in the situation of Jermichael Green and Landry Shamit, maybe not the most. All offense Chuck over here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just put up shots. Uh, My soppy boy of the week, yeah, I was just reminiscing on some quotes from when we signed this guy. Rodney Magruder. All right. I like it. Star of the workout vid. Absolutely. <laughs> Stole the show. Looked phenomenal in the workout vid. The new braids. Wow. What a great what a great look. Yeah. And then I was just reading some stuff from when we signed him last year. You know, we signed him too late, so he couldn't play in the playoffs. And Doc not wanting to kind of mess with chemistry or, 
you know, juju, our vibes, whatever you want to say. Ask the team if Magruder should be with the team during the playoffs and whatnot. And the Bev quote is perfect. He said, get his ass here. He's on the team. Love it. I'm, I would expect no other answer from Patrick Beverly. Mm, I could see it going hard the other way of just like, this is us. We're trying to do this right now. I need to focus. Not in a disrespectful way. Interesting. I guess I don't see that. That's fair. He is a very nice, I mean, I think, stern man. Because I think Pat, obviously, you know, he didn't have a contract in place and that was a little butt up in air. I think he was already thinking about this team next season. I think he was too. Yeah. I think he was letting, I think he was waiting for like an absurd offer. An offer that was like, wait, what? <laughs> You're going to give me that? Um, no, but I love that because he's been soaking up everything the Clippers put into the new system. Yeah. And I am finding... Sopping my- up, if you will. <laughs> I'm finding myself very excited for Magruder's season. I, I'm jacked I to see how he plays. Yeah, my... Uh- I don't know if it's expectations, but definitely excitement is at an all-time high for for what we get, we're going to see Magruder do. And then I have to give an honorable mention for Soppy Boy of the Week to Kawhi Leonard for right. having that gorgeous blue hoodie with the claw logo on it that I'm 99% sure will never come out due to the logo dispute. Yeah. Keep it on you, Kawhi. He was wearing uh, some cool shorts, too. He had a hat. They were very busy, but I, in a good way. He had a hat on the boat that someone said he got from Santi Alley, and I had to let people know that there will be no Santi Alley slander involved with this podcast Absolutely or my not. Twitter account. Absolutely I not. love Santi Alley. Unofficial sponsor of the show, <laughs> Santi Alley. Oh, yeah. Shout out Santi Alley. Let us know who you've ever been to Santi Alley. Let us know who you think your soppy boy of the week is or how you would quantify it even. During the season, it's a little easier. There's things like shooting percentages and actual games going Don't on. Don't matter. <laughs> We're going to have that during the regular season. Coming up after this, we got a packed div second chant point breakdown. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So, where do you want to start with this one? You want to kick it off at the bottom or you want to start from the top? Let's start. I was just kicking around the idea of second chance points and how they affect specifically the Pac Div. Centers are kind of interesting in the Pacific Division. We don't have a like AD if, is. The, the best center by far yeah. in the Pac-Div division. And then after that, you could put DeAndre Ayton to three Will or four. Will Cauley Stein up there? Nah, I don't okay. think so. Not in terms of guys who I think truly move the needle like that. So Willie Cauley Stein isn't in the top five centers in the Pacific division. Bottom six somehow. <laughs> no, I mean, he's in the top five centers, but it's just very top heavy. Gotcha. You got Ayton, you got AD, and then... AD, not a center. I mean, they're going to play him at center. That's you, just he's not going to like it. <laughs> but I was thinking about second chance points. Gotcha. And where how the Pactive stacks up to the rest of the league and to each other in general. It's very odd. So the Kings were first in the Pactive with second chance points with 13.7. Good for 10th in the league. Wow. The be- Yeah. It was crazy that the best Pactive team in second chance points was 10th in the entire league. Clippers, 13.1. 17th in the league. Lakers, 12.9. 20th in the league. Warriors, 12.5, 22nd in the league. And then the Suns, which confused me given the fact that they have Aiton, 12.1 for 26th in the league. All right, so one thing that I am going to say excuse this thing badly for the Suns 
is they're bad at basketball. They're yeah, they're bad at basketball. In total, their total points per game, they're like twenty sixth in the league, maybe twenty. Yeah, so that kind of that. Lines so up. like that's gonna skew it. Yeah. The, the the closest team next to them from the Pacific Division is I'm pretty sure the Lakers at sixteen, like a hearty Damn. ten jumps yeah, like up, a, like a big jump on that. Uh, but yeah. what can we do? I guess there's two questions in here. Yeah. What can we do to bulk this number up? And does it matter in the long run? Or is it more of just a playoff thing where you want those second chance points to come up big? I'm going to say, don't matter. There's going to be no second chance points to be had. <laughs> okay, I don't think that's true. <laughs> but I was thinking that too. I'd like to see this number go up. I think we were just Agreed. talking about, you know, maybe Jamichael's rebounding boosts up a tiny bit. Uh, hopefully, Zoo and Trez's do too. Is that all we can really do to try and bulk these numbers up? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we had that's a hard, worth it, I guess. We had a hard time generating second chance points last year. I mean, I don't think that's a stretch at all. No. Uh, some of our bigger guys, you know, like your Tobias Harris, obviously the strongest man in the league. Uh, you know, oftentimes used outside the arc. I mean, they're they're great at it. Yeah, that's what but it, does. It it does make it a little bit harder to get rebounds yeah. obviously on that side of the floor we were 22nd in the league in offensive rebounding yeah um not good not so not so good um do i think that we can make a jump from it this year and by jump i just mean maybe being first in the pack div or even top 10 in the league because we're technically below average right now agreed so yeah. um i would say i would say that hopefully this is an area where we see a a like a difference with Zoo mm-hmm. through like through an entire season. Yes. Because obviously at the center rotation last year, Gortat, not a big rebounder. Or scorer. Or distributor. Or shot blocker. <laughs> he He's a screener. He's a screener, dude. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think even with that, we, we could see a bit of a jump. Um, other than that, I, I mean, I would hope that we're not below average. In it this it kind of shocked me we were so below average considering our points per game was, I think, franchise best mm-hmm. during the regular season last year, which was shocking given that we're a below average second chance points team. Do you think it matters? Is this more of a playoff issue to you or a regular season issue? Because to me, second chance points in the playoffs, huge. Backbreakers. That's for true. momentum. That's a good for call. everything. Yeah. So I think for me, this is definitely more of I'd like to see it ramped up in the playoffs. I know, but I think you gotta you gotta set the tone in the regular season. Oh no, season. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're not gonna add new weird effort plays in the playoffs. God, I hope not. Um, but yeah, I think if we can get those things, maybe just working on them in the regular season and hopefully peaking at the right time, because it will matter definitely in uh in the playoffs. We've just seen Backbreaking possessions before with second and third chance points for sure. Where you're just you just watch the other team just go, God damn it, <laughs> and have to run back up the court. Yeah, are you kind of shocked that the Suns are dead so firmly dead last? Um, no, that's fair. Uh, I'm not really. They were they were 28th in the league in offensive rebounding. Oh. Do so, you think the Warriors bump up at all? I think Holly Stein, like that's an interesting addition. Mm-hmm. Um, Looney's gonna take a step, I think. Yeah, less sure scorers though that you're like distributing to. Yeah, uh, if they're, if they're, if it's not like a putback. Mm-hmm. Um, Looney's so tough and hustle oriented that I think it could go up for them if he gets more minutes. 
Yeah, I he mean, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be really interested to see. I, I still think. Well, I think we the Kings would maybe take a drop. It I don't think they would be. T- I don't a, think that they'll be first and second chance points again in the Pacific Division. It's, it was crazy to me that they were tenth because <clears throat> I do not think of them as a team that gets a bunch of second chance opportunities. No, they're just a fat. You know what I mean? They're a fast team that runs you out of the building. Yeah, for some reason you would almost like, think that they would. You know, they would be a team that takes emphasis off of offensive rebounding and just tries to. Yeah, yeah, just because of their youth and speed and, yeah. and everything. It's pretty crazy. Um, but I would think that they might take a, a step back in that second chance scoring. Their centers are rough. The Kings centers rotation is, I think we talked about here, what we think is the worst in the Pacific Division. Yeah. And kind of handedly. Yeah. Granted, we got a little homerism with the Clips, but like they're, they're not set up very well <laughs> Yeah, for down low stuff. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're, big, it's a bit of a conundrum. It's not that. I think they're big guys going to get destroyed. I don't know. I'm, I'm worried that the Kings might have a regression this year, which would be a bummer. Which how the last year ended for them, that sucks. Yeah. Everyone was so happy. They wanted to push. Shout out to the big tomato. Yeah. Sacramento. Shout out Kings. So you want to see the Clippers maybe just borderline top 10? In the league? Yeah. <clears throat> In this. I don't know, man. Because now that I'm thinking about it, um, this is also kind of one of those "do they matter" stats when you get into the 17th to 20th range. Because if you look at it, it's it's very close. Yeah, like just by how many points they're they're separated by. Yeah, I don't know. I because I guess that the thing is, I guess I would like if Zoo was able to get a lot more offensive rebounding done. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for it. Maybe improving that pass game or being able to finish himself. Yeah, but otherwise, I I honestly. When you have defenders, especially wing defenders, who are, are as good as our guys are, I don't necessarily want them standing around waiting for another opportunity. I kind of want them sprinting back and just ready to lock in on the other end. Yeah, our defense is so good that it's not fine, but we can kind of sit back on those hot, those laurels of defense, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the Kings. <laughs> Dwayne Dedman, Harry Giles III, Rashawn Holmes, Caleb Swanigan. Marvin Bagley, if you're playing a small center, that's rough. I don't know. Bagley's great. Giles has been good. Yeah, but you got to start Bagley at the four. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just gonna be. I think it's gonna be a tough go for those King centers. Might see some moves from them. Yeah. That's like. Well, the, I mean, the Collie Stein situation. I, I think they kind of wanted to keep him. It seemed like that relationship got not weird. very good. Yeah. He asked them not to extend an offer like he was. So. Hey, man, don't even give me this offer. Um, <laughs> I'd love to be in that position at some point in my life. Yeah. Hey, don't even give me the offer. Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm le- I'm, I'm gone, bro. Here, yeah, here's the Zubot. And this, I think a lot of this is going to be on Zubots and Trez. Absolutely. Mostly because the spotlight's going to be on him more. That's a good call. Yeah. What? Or just just out of curiosity, I, I want to look at those numbers because I don't know offhand what Trez's offensive rebounding was like. I think it's around that it's electrifying when you see it, but it maybe doesn't necessarily happen. Like in game, crazy have, have like huge impact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um. So per game, he had about two. Yeah. You know, bump it up to three. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'd be great. I'm actually surprised that that number is so low against yeah. second units. I was too. 
But that's not really. I mean, it's hard to get second chance points with him and Lou out there because most of his the bench buckets were a dunk. Yeah. From oh, for or sure. Something yeah. like that. I mean, that's one of those things to factor into. Yeah, definitely. Um, let us know how you think the Clips are going to do next year with second chance points. Let us let us know if you think second chance points matter. Yeah, I'm kind of torn about it. Uh, coming up after this, we have a charitable edition of Love Mary Kill. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's time. So there's some beautiful things happening right now with the Clippers. Yes. It genuinely feels like our top two guys are going at at each other in terms of who can contribute the most charitably. (laughs) Yes. And I love it. We talked about this last year, how... With LeBron doing the I Promise School and all these efforts, the coolest trend to emerge would be NBA players flexing on each other with charitable donations. Absolutely. It's the best way to flex. Yeah. If you have money. Um, So Kawhi did the backpacks. Paul George last night uh, opened two new courts in Palmdale. Palmdale, the Afro Man classic, if you haven't heard it. Uh, It's fantastic to see. But what could other guys donate? (laughs) Well, why don't you tell us? What could they donate? So I got a couple of them here. We have an Updike one as well. Montrez Harrell's Karate Headbands of Love. It's like Locks of Love, but Trez gives his youth karate classes his old, now illegal headbands. All right. Not bad. Doc's appointment. Doc Rivers gives out free medical advice to anyone who wants to hear it. You have to sign a waiver just in case. All right. Papa Zubats and sandals and socks. Zubats dresses like a dad and hosts your barbecue. Socks and sandals, obviously. Croakies to hold the glasses on. Says things like, taste the meat, not the heat. Tells people not to touch the meat on the grill. <laughs> and then greens from green. Jermichael Green drops in on some smoke sessions to give greens to anyone the session that didn't get him first. Maybe he's not there and he uses a drone. That's true. He's also not I smart. also like the idea of him just flying in. Hey, somehow. what's going on? He like drops in like it's Apex Legends. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. So what do you got on these? Um... I'm loving, or I, I'm I'm loving the Montrezl Harrell's karate style headbands of love. Dude, Trez um, loves the kids. Trez loves the kids. It the idea is very adorable of like <laughs> Trez dropping in on a karate class and maybe leading him through some drills. Yeah. Um, love. I I would love to see it. I mean, I can't marry it only because <laughs> I think the, the supply of headbands might be very limited now. That's true. He probably has, I think he has some stored up. Oh, he's got a stock. He's got yeah. one to rock, one to stock for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm marrying I'm marrying Greens from Green. Uh, That's not bad. It's absurd. It's from additional patients. Yeah, patients. it's questionably even charity. Uh, <laughs> um, but he is putting a lot of money into it, which I like with all the, the airfare and uh, the dropping. Oh, in. this is a multinational. Like he's looking for like medicinal patients who are Wherever like, I can't legal. afford it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I need help. Jamal Green's like, I'm on the flight right now. Yeah. This is where the drone comes into play. You know what? That's a good call. Yeah, there's a great video of a guy getting weed delivered to him on the drone. He's like, my dealer's on house arrest, and this is what we do now. And it's just a drone flying through the suburb, and then just drops a bag of weed. It's fantastic. So which one of these are you killing? I'm going to kill... Hmm. Uh, 
I guess I'm going to kill Papa Zubats and Sandals and Socks. Whatever, man. Um, you don't want Zoo at your barbecue? I just don't see that one as being that charitable. Okay, so, you know. He's just yelling at people on my barbecue? He's cooking the meat. He's doing what every dad does at a barbecue. He's agitated, but somehow having the best time of his life. <laughs> That's a good call. <laughs> and this is for like a church cookout who's like, oh, we have all the supplies. No one here can grill. <laughs> this is this is a very limited scenario. Hey, he's a specialized player. <laughs> you know what? That's touche. Touche. So what do you love, Marion Killing? Um, I'm loving... Papa Zubats and Sandals and Socks. Wow. You went the opposite of me. Went the opposite. It seems like it'd be a good time. He's probably got some, you know, cooking techniques he can bring from his home country to but your I, grill. I'm just not sure I understand what the charity is. He's cooking for you. Oh, how about this? He brings the meat. <laughs> okay. See, now you are now you got something. You give him the list. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, he brings whatever he wants. So it's kind of like a, it's like a pop-up barbecue with Zubats. That's fair. But dad Zubats. Yeah. Very similar to the party idea we had, which was wine in a box at Avita Zubats. Yes. Still got to make that one happen. Um, I'm marrying (laughs) Doc's appointment. I like it. I really do. (laughs) It'd be so unsafe, but I would just love to be walking downtown to catch the bus to work one day. And then Doc is sitting there with like the peanuts style psychiatry. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Psychiatry office thing, but it's him with like a stethoscope. And he's like, you need some free medical advice? People are like, aren't you Doc Rivers? He's like, yeah. And they're like, my knee hurts. He's like, well, here's what you should do. How do you feel about a funny doctor? Like when you hate it. Okay. Because I was going to say, I think that depending on how you feel about like a, like a very, uh, I don't know, like like sort of like funny, interesting doctor I don't is, like is how you would feel about Doc's medical advice because he's like naturally like a pretty charismatic. He's like, a lot like, well, you don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, Doctor like, Meyer hurts when I do this. Don't do that. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I don't like funny doctors. I don't like doctors either. They're in the pockets of big pharma. That's fair. That's why you never get a flu shot. Um, <laughs> and then I think I think I gotta kill Greens from Green. Oh wow! Unfortunately, I think it puts him in too much uh, legal trouble. That's fair. I think it'd be difficult. I mean, I love the idea of him, you know, medicinal patients. Like, I can't get, I need help. Yeah. Where's Jermichael Green? I think that'd be good. But I just don't want to open him up to that legal situation. Oh, he's protected. I assume he is. He's got a proxy. He's got a proxy. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to talk to his counsel first, really get all this stuff figured out. Let us know what you guys, you know, what charitable contributions you guys think some clippers should do what charitable contributions do you plan to make this year me yeah uh the chuck mockler eat every day fund <laughs> is, what, is what i'm contributing money towards <laughs> eat every day and get two new shirts <laughs> <laughs> would be mine oh man is anything else in the oh there, i guess we can open up the shavings drawer for like two minutes there's a bunch of stuff blowing up on twitter right now about adam silver and all the tampering stuff is that he is Seemingly kind of losing his mind. Yeah. Adam Silver had the quote, Adam Silver confirms that he does now have the ability to take people's communication devices if he chooses to do so. Has said multiple times he does not want to take people's devices. That, however, is different than saying he won't. Adrian Wojnarowski quoted this and said, What worries team officials? If evidence of tampering isn't found on those devices, what else could the NBA discover that could be deemed an issue for that individual or team? The NBA is an information business, and people want to protect their information. That's 
a shocking display of authority. It's in, it's absurd. Yeah. A lot of it, it seems to be small market owners being upset. I was going to say, I think the owners are, are really, uh, really on his back right now. But I, I mean, like, it's a player's league to me. It's not an owner's league. It's not. It's the opposite of the NFL, man. It's really um, funny right now. NFL players are trying to do what NBA players do. And NBA owners are trying to do what NFL owners are trying to do. Yeah. And it's like, dude, the players run this league. Yeah. Like, yeah. I. The tampering thing. Is I don't know, little, man. If like, what would happen if you say no? Yeah. He like smacks you with a ruler or something. Or like you, they're going to suspend you without pay because you didn't give up your phone. Or dock you a pick or something. It's all, it seems like they're opening up a can of worms with this tampering that I don't think any of us really expected it to get this wild. So, I mean, there's there's definitely contrasting things um, about people and how they feel about tampering. Some people, obviously, in smaller markets feel really upset by it. Uh, I actually think smaller markets have an advantage because there's much more niche, fun stuff, and it feels more like a community. Interesting. That is also said from someone who is from a small area. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's biased. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just make all just the tampering don't... legal. Just tell everyone what you do. I think that is like a better solution. Just tell us. Yeah. Don't do this weird proxy tampering where it's like, oh, I'm a team official, but my friend who's in town is actually taking out this player, but I'm not there. Yeah. I'm not there at all. Yeah. Just let, just let us know. I I agree. I think that that is, is the best way to do it is just play it straight. Like, don't hold the cards to the chest. Don't. I mean... I don't know. Because the league doesn't even know what tampering is. That's, see, that's the other <laughs> thing. Is like how, I mean, how, like, loose is this definition right now? Because I feel like it's very loose. Yes. I mean, it's pretty, I don't know what's going to go down. It's going to be interesting. Like, if one player says to another before the offseason, man, what if we played together? That'd be crazy. Well, because players can Is that can't... tampering? Because No, because players can't tamper. Now they can. Oh, they can now? Yeah. See, this is all, it's like, God, so what, are we just not talk to each other? The know. deadline thing is stupid, too, for free agency. Like yeah. the midnight, oh, that's when people talk. And then they extended it, and they're like, oh, no, man. Just let it, let, they're going to talk the whole time. For sure. We sent a representative to every one of Kawhi's games. Yeah. Which... Was that tampering? Probably. But I don't care. And I don't think anyone else... It's the same thing with the magic stuff. I don't None of the, what he did was tampering. Yeah. I don't care what team it is. That was oh, not agree. tampering. Yeah, no. And neither was what Doc did when he was on ESPN. It's just wild. Anything else? Kind of nah. came out of nowhere on us. No, nah, that was that's all I really got. Let us know what you guys think about tampering. We were gonna have a brand new episode for you guys on Monday. That's right. We'll with, be talking the freshies. Oh yeah, new stuff, new guys. That's right. Hopefully not any more new problems with the tampering <laughs> stuff. Give please give us thank you so much for uh, listening. Please give us a review on iTunes, Himalaya, French uh, streaming app Deezer, Spotify, Spotify. That would be fantastic if you're a local business trying to reach out to some people. Get at us. Yeah. At Will Updike, at Charles Mockler, at Locked on Clips. I have been... You oh, could be introduced to the best customers in the world. Damn straight. Clippers fans. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. I'm a William the Opinion Updike. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 